Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. God is good. Amen. And we got sort of a crowd tonight. That's awesome on a Wednesday night. Amen. Um, yeah, the, um, we just thought that would be good for the Christmas. Uh, do a Christmas Eve on Sunday or Saturday morning. And then that way it gives everybody that night off and, the, and uh, Christmas Day off. Oh, yeah. And we're going to uh, do donuts and coffee, too, that morning. If you want to come, you have to come early for that, though. We're not eating it in the sanctuary. All right. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, let's get in the word. Praise God and, uh, and uh, see what God has for us. Father, we thank you to, uh, tonight for your goodness and your mercy. Father, we thank you and we pray that you'd give unto us spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you, that you'd open the eyes of our understanding, that we may see and know the hope of your calling, the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. We confess and say, say this after me, I have eyes to see, and I have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and doing. Give my pastor utterance that he may speak boldly the mystery of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you got your Bibles, you got your iPad, or you want to look up on the screen, hallelujah, go to John 3.16. John chapter 3.16. I don't know about you, but last week stirred me. Uh, there was especially uh, some of the services uh, that, uh, that we were in. And, um, you know, and so it, it just seems like there's more, uh, more light on some areas. And when that happens, then you need to do something with it. Uh, you just don't let it set. You don't just go away and forget about it. Praise God, you start, you know, you start praying over, you start re-listening to the services or and, and uh, rethinking about what God's saying to you. And uh, one, of the th- one of the services was talking about reaching the lost and having a heart for the lost. And um, if you weren't in that service, I would recommend you listen to it. It was one of the morning services with uh, uh, Pastor Garver. And uh, I, I can't remember which one it was, but you can listen to all of them on uh, the podcast now. Um, Max has been keeping those updated right after the service. They go on there. Yeah. And so everything that we're doing now is updated on there and you can just go and listen to it. So in John chapter three, verse 16, uh, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the question tonight, does God still love the world? Does he love all of the world? Meaning all, uh, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, uh, every people. Does he love them? Does he care about them? 
you know, if you would listen to some, uh, especially if you listen to, com- to uh, news, news organizations or you listen to the world or even some, some people uh, that are supposed to be of uh, theology or so forth, they would, you would come away wondering if he really does love the world. And we would look at that and think, you know, well, if he does love the world, why is all the havoc and why is all the chaos and wars and and everything going on and hunger going on in the world? But the Bible is clearly, but clearly states to us that he does love the world. He loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son for us. Amen. And he did that because the Bible says here that he did not want any to perish. He didn't want you to perish. He didn't want me. He didn't want your neighbor. He didn't want the worst sinner that may be on the face of the earth. He didn't want them to perish. It's not the will of God that any should perish. Can you say amen? amen. And so... There, well, just looking at some things here, uh, I was looking up and I was trying to remember the, um, there's a religion that's called Calvinism. And in Calvinism, uh, that is, is more that it's the, um, they believe that it's the elected that come to God. In other words, God chooses. And then if you don't come or if you don't make it, then it wasn't God's will that you, may, that you should be saved. Well, you know, again, you just have to stick with the word. Yeah. You, have to, you have to believe what it says. Uh, in 1 Timothy 2.4, it says, Who will have, He will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth. So it's God's will that every man be saved. Every man, every woman, every child, he wants everyone to be saved. But the truth of it is, our question again, will everyone be saved? No. Was it God's will for them to be saved? Well, whose choice was it? We see that it was a choice of man. In Romans 10, 13, it says, not unless they know to call upon him. If they don't hear about Jesus, if they don't hear about the saving grace, if they're not, if they're not informed on that, then there's no way that they can come into salvation. And so I want to just go off of that a little bit tonight and show you our commission, what we're called to do as a Christian, as a believer. Go over to Romans 10. Romans 10, 14 through 15. When I got saved, when I got born again, <clears throat> I think I, I, honestly, I think I was born again before, but I had just backslidden and, and just walked away from God. But when I, let's just say when I came back this time, then there was a, there was a total dedication on my part to him. And because of that, there was so much uh, uh, love that I had for him because of the burden that was removed off of my life. I mean, the heaviness that, you know, of not knowing where my eternal salvation lied, whether I was going to make heaven or not, whether, you know, uh, people could not tell, but that was something that was on my mind all the time. 
I always wondered about, you know, because I had heard that Jesus would come, was coming back. My parents were, were godly uh, uh, people, and so therefore, I was hearing about God all the time. I would occasionally go to church, and every time I went to church, you know, it was very uncomfortable. I didn't want to be there because of the conviction that I was, the conviction that I had. And, uh, and so when I finally consented and, and uh, gave my life to the Lord, there was such a, there was a, such a uh, peace that came in my life that now I know for sure that I'm saved. Now, you know, I struggled uh, like many Christians do at the beginning stage until they grow some. But I was struggling about, you know, missing it and then or a thought would come in my mind of something that I did was bad in the past. And so when that would come, I'd feel guilty and I'd get down and ask the Lord, forgive me again. But not realizing that when I came to him, that my sins were remitted. Amen. That they were all done. And, and, I, and I didn't have to keep asking to be saved. I was saved. Amen. But, you know, again, that's a lot of that just maturing. A lot of that comes with growth and, get, and, and getting early on the word, which, you know, we did eventually. And so, but I struggled with that, trying to, you know, uh, please the Lord. And, but um, at the beginning, I can remember there was such peace that came. And because of realizing now, because I felt like I just squeaked in. I did. I, I felt like that I just made it and that Jesus was coming anytime. Anyone you remember the, uh, the rapture movie that they had on the old reel to reels? It was about Jesus coming. It was about the rapture, the second, about the, everyone being around. I mean, if you look at it today, it's pretty corny just because of the, because of the uh, effects and, you know, where we have come a long ways. But I'm telling you what, that was a very effective movie. And uh, anyways, I can remember, you know, one of my friends, Mike Austin, and they're still saved today, serving God. And I would call him up and, 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 and tell them, I said, man, you guys need to come to church. Well, what are you, why? I said, because Jesus is coming back. I said, you just need to get, because if you don't get saved, I said, you're not going to make it. You're going to go to hell. Well, they were my best friend. He was one of my best friends. And so I was praying for them constantly. Every night I was praying for them. I had a list of people that I was praying for. And I would pray for them. But the, the thing was, I was telling everybody, I was telling all of my friends I was telling all my coworkers, you know, I was just, it was just a night and day shift in my walk. One day I'm in the world and, you know, drinking and, and doing all this. And the next day I come back in and I'm saved. I got a hat on that says Jesus saves. I got a button on that says Jesus wants you. I mean, I, and, you know, and so people were just, some of my friends were just, you know, uh, put back. Uh, and not realizing, you know, they had their, they even had a pool on how long I would stay with it. They didn't know, they didn't think I'd stay with it very long. But uh, anyways, the, the point being is I felt like that he was coming back. I felt like I just made it in. And so I wanted to tell everybody. 
I didn't know much other than, you know, now I'm saved, you can be saved, and if you'll call upon Jesus, you'll be saved. Amen. Amen. But I was telling everyone. And here in Romans 10, 14, it says, how then shall they, this is the world, or your friends or neighbors, how shall they call on him whom they've not believed? You can't. And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How is it that they're going to be able to hear without a preacher? Well, now you don't call me a preacher, but yet the Bible is calling you a preacher. It's calling every believer a preacher. Amen. Now, if you turn this around and you go start there, how shall they hear without a preacher? And then you could say, and then how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? So the preacher is going to bring the word where they're going to be able to hear. And if they can hear, then they're going to be able to believe. And if they can believe, then they can call upon him. So it's going to take you and I taking the message to them. It's going to be you and I sharing our testimony Amen. You know, the Bible talks about the spirit of prophecy as your testimony. Have you, been, have you ever been witnessing or talking to someone about the Lord and then all of a sudden, I mean, as you're talking to them, a scripture comes up and you just blurt it out to them? Or you're, I mean, there's just so much unction on you sharing what God has done for you. Well, that's God using you. That's a, that's a, that is God using you to reach out to those people then. Because if they don't hear, then the Bible says they can't believe. And if they can't believe, then they can't call upon him. Well, we want everyone to be able to have the same opportunity as you and I did to call upon him. Amen? Now, go over to, with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. So what is it our message? What is it that we're supposed to tell them? I don't, I don't think that we've even got that even down very well sometimes. It's an easy message. Amen. But, you know, the Bible, he talks about it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. I mean, I don't think we ought to start out, you know, telling them you're going to go to hell. That's not the goodness part. No. But that's part of the message. Yeah. But we should be able to tell them about God's goodness and what he's done for us. Amen. How he's delivered us. If you want to stir up something, if you want to stir up that prophecy, prophecy, you want to stir up that unction, start talking and rehearsing and telling people about what God has done for you. Amen. Go back and talk about when you got saved. Go back and talk about how good and how, how uh, you know, how good that was and what happened and how that God changed your life. Amen. I think sometimes we just need to go back and remember that. Yeah. What we came out of. I don't know about you, but I came out of a lot of junk. Amen. And I'm so grateful and thankful for that. Because it was not good. And the end was not good. So 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, 
and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Oh, so you got a ministry now. We all have a, we all have a ministry. We all have a calling. What is that? It's called the ministry of reconciliation. James, I'll pick that up later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he dropped his billfold. You have, you have a ministry that's called the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I have a ministry. I have a ministry. It's, called it's called the ministry of reconciliation. I wonder how many people really know about that or understand what that is. Bible says when you got baptized with the Holy Ghost that you received power to be a witness. Well, to be a witness of what? Well, to go forth with this ministry of reconciliation and to bring people to God. Remember, if we don't go and tell them, then they're not going to hear. And if they're not going to hear, how can they believe? And if they don't believe, how can they call upon him? Do they have to believe? They have to believe. Do they, is it necessary that they hear? They must hear. That's part, that is part of the, that is part of the great commission that we must go tell them. You say, well, I'm praying that the Holy Ghost will go. He can't go. He can't do that part. He can't do our part. We can't do his part, but he can't do our part either. Amen. That's why when someone cries out in another country and, and cries out to God and say, God, I want to know you, guess what? God goes into action to send somebody there to give them the word, to, give, to bring the message to them. Why? Because they have to hear. Amen. They have to, they have to know truth. They have to know that God loves them. They have to know what he did for them. And they have to believe upon that so they can call upon him. And so he says here that he has given to us a ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ. Everyone say God was in Christ. So everything that Christ did, glory to God, was the will of God. His work, his mission, reconciling the world, the world unto himself. That means bringing together. So he was bringing a lost humanity back unto himself through Christ. Where we were, we were lost, we were undone, we had fallen from glory because of sin, and Jesus' mission and assignment was to Bring, to bring that bridge, bring that gap together that we were no longer lost, that we were no longer undone, that we were no longer away from God. And it says here that reconciling the world to him, not imputing, or that word impute means to charge, it's an accounting term, not charging their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now that is the word. What is the word of reconciliation? That God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed to us the word. 
of reconciliation. Verse 20, now we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Now, let's go ahead, let's read this out of the Amplified. It makes it, it brings it a little more, makes it a little more clear. Verse 18, it says, but all things are from God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Now I want to just focus on this one part a moment. Who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, and then the Amplified says, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that happened when you come to Jesus or before you come to Jesus? When did he do this? When you, you know, well, God just saved me. I know I understand what we're saying, but technically that's not true. He had already saved you 2,000 years ago or over 2,000 now. Salvation was already completed. And when it says here, he received us into favor and brought us into harmony with himself, he's talking about all of humanity. He's not just talking about those who come to him. He's talking about every man, woman, and child before, present, and in future. Now, um, before we... uh, talk a little more on this. Let me give you another scripture. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. It says, even when we were dead in sins, even when you were a sinner, he quickened you together with Christ. So this is even, this even makes it plainer and says, even while you were still out in the world, you were doing your own thing, you were uh, opposing God, you were, you know, living, living for the devil. The Bible says here that he quickened you together by Christ. Now, let, and then he says, by grace, you are saved. Now, here's where the grace message gets a little fuzzy. Because some will take this and say, okay, because they'll take scriptures like this and then they'll try to apply it that it's all settled and done and everyone's going to be saved, which is called universalism, actually. And there's been some ministers that have gotten over to that, which really I would never dream that they would ever believe something like that. And the reason why is, is because they will come into contact for one that I'm thinking of, they had a loved one who was, you know, that uh, died and I'm pretty sure that they never accepted the Lord, but they changed their doctrine and their belief in saying that God is a God of love and that grace was extended to everyone and because of that, everyone's going to be saved. Well, now, it sounds, it sounds good, and it sounds like there could be some possibility to it because we know God is a God of love. 
And we know that he loves everyone. And we know that grace, the Bible says here, that, that he quickened us together by Christ while we were yet sinners. While we were in our sins. And then it says, by grace you are saved. And then he goes ahead and says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, reminding you, he says, why you're dead in your sins. Now that is grace. That is the, that is the, this is the meaning of grace, what God did. But let me... Before I give you the answer on that, let me give you, let me show you another scripture, Romans 4.25. It says, who was betrayed to put death because of, this is amplified, because of our misdeeds and was raised to secure our justification, acquittal, making our account balance and absolving us from all guilt before God. Hallelujah. Now again, when did that take place? Did that take place when you called upon the Lord? Bible says that happened when he was raised. When justification was, was pronounced, that, that was when Jesus was raised. When, sin, when the sins of the, the world were met, by the payment of Jesus suffering in hell. And then when he was raised, that was saying that was justification was met. That was when we were acquitted. When you and I were acquitted. When the world was acquitted. When those that are on death row was acquitted. When those that are in the bars tonight are acquitted. When those are, that are on, you know, doing all kinds of uh, works in darkness or they were acquitted. Amen? So where do, how far does grace go? Well, grace goes all the way. Grace brings acquittal. Grace brings harmony. It says here that it, it makes our account balance. And so the world, so the world you see they, in the, in the mind of God, they are acquitted. In the mind of God, there is harmony for them. In the mind of God, everything is settled. Then how is it, then how is it that some are saved and some that aren't? How's that happen? Well, there's one little word that changes the whole thing. Go over to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You can't ever do away with this word. And just do it in the uh, King James, Sharon. Thank you. For by grace are you saved. What's, these, what's this next two words? Through faith. Through faith. You can't do away with the faith. Grace, grace is, um, a, is finished. Grace was God's, was God's plan. God executed it and God finished it. That's all grace. That means it's all on God's side. 
You have, no, you have nothing to do with that. Absolutely nothing. You were not called. There was no board meetings. There were no churches, denominations asked. There was no, uh, man had no say in that whatsoever what God did. Everything he did was out of love for mankind. And he did that. And he, he uh, built the bridge so that we are now able to come to him freely. That sin, sins are not the obstacle any longer. Well, you know, I'd come to church, but if I walk in that church house, that church, that roof's going to cave in. It hasn't yet. <laughs> because that's not the issue. You shouldn't be afraid to invite anybody to church because it's not the issue of what they're doing currently. We don't care. We don't care what they smell like. We don't care what they're doing and looking like. We don't care what they're involved in. Are you listening? Because that's not the issue. That's not, that, that, is not, that, should not even be, that should not even be on our minds when we're talking to our neighbors or when we're talking to our friends. You know, man, the, <laughs> it's going to take a lot for God to save him. I was telling, I was telling them about the, in the class uh, the other day that there was a man, uh, there was on an Indian uh, reservation, and on this Indian reservation, there was this... Uh, uh, Indian who was known all over the tribe, I guess, and he was mean. He was just flat out mean. And when he got drunk, he was meaner. And so they, so there was this uh, evangelist who was preaching. And so he was preaching to him about John three sixteen, God so loves the world, you know, or no, it was a whosoever Romans ten eight, who's or Romans ten fourteen, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He was preaching this. Well, that Indian walked in, and they they said that there have been times that it would take four or five policemen to carouse him when he would get up because he'd come in just break things up and they couldn't stop him. Well, he walked in one night. And he was drunk. And he sat down. And so everyone's real concerned, you know, antsy. And, and so they're pre this minister is preaching. And he says, out of Romans 10, he said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And, and so anyways, that Indian, he gets up out of his chair. He walks down to the front. He kneels down and he says, Jesus! Jesus, Jesus. And then he gets back up. By that time, everyone realizes what he's doing. And so the church people run down there and they said, no, brother, you need to stay down here a little bit longer. You need to pray through this. And he said, no. He said, he said, if I would call upon the name of the Lord, I'd be saved. I did that three times. He said, I'm saved. And they said that that Indian, that man, he became one of the best Christians in that, in that whole place. And he said that preacher, he said, you know what? I, did, I found out I didn't even believe my own preaching. <laughs> 
See, it wasn't, it's not about people's sins. It's not about their, how bad or, or how good they are. I see that that's what's so confusing because you have good people. You have people who do good works. And, they, and from the outward, from, you know, from an outward appearance, it seems like if anyone's going to get in heaven, they should. Nope. It's not about works. It's about one thing, about Jesus Christ. Amen. Now notice this, 2 Corinthians 5.18. Who through Jesus Christ, this is the Amplify again, reconciled us to himself. He received you into favor, brought you into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by the word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. It was God personally present in Christ reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. So what are we doing when we're witnessing or talking to someone and even conferring or talking about their sins? Why are we even doing that? Because it's not about that. If anyone, if anything, we need to make them aware God's not mad at you. God's not holding anything against you. He's not keeping, he's not keeping score of how many, you, how many bad things you did and how many thing, good things you did. And then when, have, when it's time, when your time comes, then we're going to weigh it out and see which one, you know, which one weighs out. That's not the way it works. I said that's not the way it works. I had some squirrely idea, as long as I didn't die drunk, as long as I was doing good, when I die, then I'd be okay. Well, that's, I'm sure glad I didn't die. Because that ain't going to get me into heaven. No, there's only one thing, right? Jesus. He says it was personally, it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. Has he done that? That's the question. Has he done that already? According to the Bible, he has. It is a done deal. God doesn't have to do anything else. Amen. And so our ministry, our word, a word that we're to give to them in this ministry of reconciliation, listen, God loves you. God's not holding anything against you. He has made it so you can come to him and receive eternal life. Amen. That's your message. That is what you're supposed to present to them. Nothing more. Amen. When they start making excuses, it doesn't count. It's already been done away with. Amen. It ought to make, it ought to, I mean, listen, we ought to be able to approach anyone and give them this message. Not just the ones who seem good. <laughs> Now, listen to this. I wanted to read this. This is the Passion passion Translation. I wanted to leave this with you tonight. 2 Corinthians 5.19, the Passion. It says, And he has entrusted to you, or us, the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. I don't know. Somehow that just went off tonight. 
with me. That your job is to open the door to the reconciliation of God. That's all we're to do. We're door openers. With this message, that's what we're supposed to do. When you're, when you're talking to someone who is lost or even backslidden, what are you doing? You're opening the door so they can come to God with the message. That's all we do. Hallelujah. Listen, we're not, there, there's more to it. The more to it is the Holy Ghost is working along with you. The Holy Ghost. One more scripture and then we'll close, I promise. John chapter, let's see, let me find it real quick. I think it's in John 16. And it gives the, it talks about the job description of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, here it is. John 16, verse uh, 7 in the King James. It says, Nevertheless, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. How many know who the Comforter is? Holy Spirit. But he says, If I depart, I will send him unto you. Verse 8. And notice what he'll come to do. He will come and he will reprove the world of sin. Everyone say sin. Sin. Notice the singular, talking about the condition of man, the nature of man. And of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 9. Let me show you what the, here's the sin. The sin is because they believe not on me. That's the sin. Not sins. Not of all the things that, you know, that shock us and, and you know, and anger us and, and all of those things. The sin, that the only thing, the sin that the world is going to be standing before God on the day of judgment is going to be this one thing. Why did you not receive my son, my sacrifice that I sent for you? That's the only sin. So you see now why the message of reconciliation is letting them know all that's been done for them and that the way to God, the way to harmony, the way to peace, the way to justification, the way to this acquittal that belongs to them, this eternal life that belongs to them, it's already theirs. But they're going to have to go Receive it. They're going to go have to go lay hold of it, just like you and I did. And the only way you do that is you believe on Jesus Christ. But if they don't, then that'll be the sin that they'll be judged by. Amen? See, it makes it real easy for you and I to present them to the door now. Amen. I mean, if it's presented right, it diffuses everything, every wrong thought that they have. Because their thought is, God's mad at me. God's angry with me. I'm the worst. I am, you know, it's all of these negative things. And, and, and they're thinking, if I was God, I wouldn't let me in either. That's what the world thinks. And the problem is most of the church thinks that way too. 
But that's not the true message. Hallelujah. We got the message. Amen. And you are the doorkeeper. Hallelujah. You have the message. Amen. Let's stand up. You know, I know that other Christians are, 